here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich, and uh, folks, your old pal Andrew is on the mend. Uh, I've been pretty sick the past few days, and uh, listen, I know I'm not alone in that either. I'm, I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there just like me who went to WrestleMania weekend in New York City and nearby New Jersey and came home feeling under the weather. 
Because for one thing, you know, it's New York and New Jersey, let's be honest there. But you've also just got thousands upon thousands of people converging on one location. They're shaking hands, they're hugging, maybe a kiss or two. They're crammed together in seats or general admission at wrestling shows. Wrestling fans, not well known for their good hygiene either. So yeah, people are going to get sick, including yours truly. But... But I will soldier on regardless, because that's the kind of trooper that I am for you fine folks. Which leads me to today's episode, episode 57. This is going to be a very simple episode, all about my trip to my first ever WrestleMania weekend. This will be basically just one big day-by-day recap of the trip. I'm not going to review every single match I saw. That would be kind of tedious. And also, not really the point of the show. Of course, you know, the, the point of the show is music. So, what I will be doing is a sort of audio tour of my Mania Weekend trip. And I'll play various themes, various music that I heard, and perhaps sung as well, hint, hint. Uh, during my trip to New York City. Because that way, you still get the music, but you also get my sultry voice taking you through the various burrows of the Big Apple. So, if we're all set and ready to go, let's hop into the Wayback Machine and skedaddle on down to Andrew's WrestleMania Weekend. My WrestleMania weekend adventure began on Thursday, day one, and it began on no sleep either because I had worked an overnight shift the night before and I had just no time for a proper nap. So I decided to just power through with my exhaustion, go to the Amtrak station and get on the train and off I went to New York City. Now, could I have slept on the train? No, because I can't sleep on trains or planes, or automobiles, because I need a bed. I need a bed, I need darkness, I need silence, and I need the absence of motion, none of which are available to me on a train at 6 o'clock in the morning. So, I'm starting things off here on no sleep. Wonderful. Now, my plan was to get to Penn Station by about uh, 12.20 or so, which was the scheduled arrival on my ticket. And from there, I would go to Laboom in Queens for my first show of the weekend, which was Evolve. Now, Evolve started at noon, so I'd have to miss the first hour or so, but I could live with that. That was my initial plan. A couple of snags, though. Number one, my train got there 20 minutes late. And number two, 
I decided to check in at the Airbnb first because both Laboom and the Airbnb were in Queens and not that far from each other. So I figured I could just drop my bags off there, then rush over to Laboom and catch maybe the last hour or so of Evolve. Not ideal, I know that, but still better than nothing. That was my new plan. I got to the Airbnb and a couple of red flags start popping up in my head. First of all, the bed was in the basement, which was fine, whatever, I don't care about that. But I'm looking around and there's another bed there, an air mattress, which I initially thought was for, you know, any other Airbnb people who were going to stay over there. But then I found out that the Airbnb host she and her husband would be sleeping on the air mattress in the basement. And the other Airbnb guest who would be there soon would be sleeping somewhere upstairs. Which meant that the husband and wife don't sleep in their own bedroom. Or perhaps don't even have their own bedroom, maybe? So that was a little strange to me, I think. The other thing was that right before I left to go to Laboom, the husband told me that if any of the neighbors asked who I was, that I should not say that I was an Airbnb guest and that I'm just a friend of theirs visiting. Because if they knew I was from Airbnb, they would call the inspectors on the hosts and the hosts would get in trouble. Because I guess in New York State or whatever, if you host an Airbnb, you have to be open with your books and your accommodations and make sure that everything is up to snuff. So, if they're warning me not to talk to anybody in the neighborhood about Airbnb, chances are things were not exactly up to snuff. Oh boy. But I figured, you know what? I'm going to be out watching wrestling on all three days anyway. I'll only be there just for sleeping and washing up, which I was. So I took my natural instincts and my fear and my trepidation. I crushed them into a little ball and I held it in my stomach for safekeeping. And off I went to Laboom for the Evolve show, which had the main event of Austin Theory defending the Evolve championship against the Undisputed Era's Kyle O'Reilly. Shock the system. Except I missed it. I swear to God, I walked into Laboom, and the first thing I heard was one, two, three, ding, ding, ding. Austin Theory's music played. And I realized, well, shit, I just missed the entire fucking Evolve show. I had planned on missing maybe the first hour. Then I had planned on missing maybe the first two hours. And then, by the time I actually got there, I had missed the whole goddamn show. Joe Lanza walked by. I shook his hand. 
A nice firm handshake, by the way. And he goes, wait, did you just get here? And I go, yes, Joe. Yes, I did. And he went, holy shit, you walked in literally as the bell rang. That is your first WrestleMania weekend story. Congratulations. So, uh, (laughs) a very auspicious start to my wrestling shows for the weekend, to say the least. I I mean, I completely missed the first one. I completely missed the first one, but luckily the other two shows that I was going to that day were also at Laboom, so I had nowhere else to be on that Thursday. I saw Joe Gagne again, who was on the previous episode about DDP's themes, and I also met a bunch of other VOW people in person for the first time at Laboom. I met Sean Cedor, John Carroll, Taylor Mainberg, and that's really one of the true highlights of any Mania weekend. I mean, it's meeting all of these people who you only know on Twitter or Slack or doing podcasts with them or whatever, getting to meet them, shake their hands, converse a little bit, have a good time together and in person and just be all friendly. It's a really just awesome thing to meet these people for the first time. So, Evolve was a wash. <laughs> 40 bucks, pretty much down the drain right there. But up next was WXW America East Wunderbar. Pretty okay show. Uh, I'd say it was my least favorite of the weekend. Not that I thought it was a bad show. Don't get me wrong. It, w- it was fine. It just felt kind of dry to me. A lot of matches in the three-star range. Uh, I'd say David Starr versus Lucky Kid was real good, uh, as was Aussie Open versus The Work Horseman. So I'd say if you wanted to watch anything from that show, check those matches out. It's funny. There were a bunch of Europeans at the show who were all together, and they knew all of the WXW chants, and us silly Americans did not. So you just had this one group of people doing all these different chants, that are like song parodies and whatnot. Then you had everybody else who were doing just the simple yays and boos. <laughs> there was one point where Avalanche came out for his match against Darby Allen, and there was this one guy in the crowd who, during the entrance, stood up, took his shirt off, and started waving it around over his head doing a Tops Off for Avalanche chant. Just that one guy, which uh, got a hearty thumbs up from Avalanche. It was pretty funny to see. Now, as far as the music goes, uh, there are a couple different things. Number one, Absolute Andy. His theme is really cool to hear live. It's called Red Tape Janitor Mix by Agent Provocateur. Pretty sleazy song, 
for a pretty sleazy guy like Absolute Andy, that's for sure. Also got to give a nod to Ozzy Open's theme, which is Close Your Eyes and Count to Fuck by Run the Jewels. Run them jewels fast, run them, run them jewels fast, run them, run them, run them, run them, run them, run them, fuck the slow-mo. Run them, run Slave, you protested to get in a fucking look book. Everything I scribbled like the anarchist book book. Look good, posing in the center for the book book. Black on black on black with the ski mask, that is my crook book. How you like my styling, bruh? Ain't nobody smiling, bruh. About to turn this motherfucker up like Rikers Island, bruh. My fathers and my cripples and my blooders and my brothers. When you niggas gon' unite and kill the police motherfuckers or take over a jail. Get them CO's hell. The burning of that sofa, goddamn, I love the smell. Like it's a pillow torching. Where the fuck the warden? And when you find them, we don't kill them, we just waterboard them. We killing them for freedom, cause they tortured us for boredom. And even if some good was that fuck it, the Lord assort them. We we out of order, your honor, you out of order. Hell of a banger right there. And also I wanna bring up Emil Satoshi's entrance. It was very hard to look at because it involved white lights just strobing into my eyeballs for 90 seconds. Luckily, I do not have epilepsy, but if I did, oh boy, that would have been bad news bears for old Andrew. So that was WXW, which meant that the last show of the day was DDT coming to America. And I gotta tell you folks, this DDT show was my favorite show of the weekend and the best live wrestling show that I've ever attended now granted i haven't seen that many shows live but still this was just phenomenal first of all the show was sold out Laboom was packed to the gills i had a ga ticket and i had to stand on a couch in the back of Laboom just so i could see the ring that's how packed it was and it was a star-studded affair too i mean you had me gagney john Cedor, Taylor, Rich Kreich, and Sean Flynn showed up. They came from Bloodsport. Both Aaron Bentley and Aaron Tab were there. Nate, aka Epitasis, was there. You had Jamie O.D. from the Dramatic DDT website. You had TJ Hawk there as well. So basically, if you wanted to wipe out like half of wrestling Twitter, all you had to do was plant some C4 in the boom and push the magic button. The show started with Senshiro Takagi, the president of DDT, coming out, and he thanked the crowd and said it was going to be an historic show. Let's party! (laughs) And then, as is DDT tradition, we all said the words that would kick off the show, which were DDT coming to America, Starto!
Chamber. Off to the races. And I gotta say, from the start of the show until the very end, it was a hell of a ride. One minute, I'm going crazy for the action with the opening tag, which was Soma Takao and Tetsuya Endo versus Yukio Sakaguchi and Masahiro Takanashi. The next minute, I am just crying with laughter with the timed battle royal and Yoshihiko doing a quadruple deja vu into a Hurricane Rana on Kazuki Harada. And then there were times where I was doing both, like with the weapon rumble between Takagi and Mao, which included Mao riding a bicycle around the ring, an appearance from Shinsuke Nakamura, and Takagi DDTing Mao into a toilet bowl. It was nuts. And then you had the main event, which was Kanosuke Takashita defending the KOD Openweight title against Daisuke Sasaki, which was an incredible match and one of my favorites of the whole weekend, really. Just a, a damn good and fun wrestling show. And most importantly, it was an authentic one as well. I mean, this felt like a true, authentic DDT show because it had all the elements that you would find on a regular DDT show in Japan. You had Denshoku Dino walking through the crowd kissing dudes. You had Antonio Honda telling his Gun the Fox story. You had the Iron Man heavy metalweight title changing hands left and right. You had women from Tokyo Joshi Pro, Maki Ito and Mio Yamashita. There were comedy matches. There were serious matches. It was exactly what a DDT fan living in America would want if the company ran a show in the States. And the crowd, I mean, Jesus Christ, you want to talk authentic? This crowd was an authentic DDT crowd. They were hot the whole way through, and they knew their DDT pro wrestling. This was not a random wrestling crowd who just wandered into Laboom for a random show. Maybe there were some of those fans there, but the vast majority of this crowd were DDT fans who ate up everything that the DDT wrestlers gave them the whole night through. And keep in mind, folks, keep in mind, I was on no fucking sleep. <laughs> my feet hurt, my back hurt, I was yawning during WXW, I did not know before this show started if I was going to last the whole night through. But then it started, and this DDT show, it, it filled me with such jubilant energy that it gave me my second and third wins. I repeat, a fantastic wrestling show. Check it out as soon as you can. So the show ended, and Rich and I were walking out together. We walk past the DDT wrestlers who were at the merch table, you know, hawking their wares and saying goodbye and whatnot. And we walk past Maki Ito. And this is verbatim the exchange that I had with Maki Ito. Maki. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Me. That was a great show. Just really tremendous. Maki. Ha ha ha, okay, okay. Me. Okay, okay. She makes the okay hand gesture. Maki. Okay, okay, okay. I make the okay hand gesture. Me. Yes, yes, okay, okay. Great show, loved it, okay. Maki. Ha ha ha, okay, bye bye, okay, okay. 
me. Okay, bye-bye. And that was it. Just two very nice people, one of whom with limited English skills, who were too polite to just end the conversation until one of those people, me, was actually outside the building. So long story short, I'm in love. Friday, day two, I made my way to the Midtown Hilton in Manhattan for two shows at WrestleCon, the first one being U.S. versus the World. Now, even when you're not specifically in the actual room of the convention, WrestleCon is still a trip because wrestlers are just walking around the hotel all willy-nilly, you know, going to the bathroom, going to shows and whatnot. I walked into the hotel... And I was trying to find out where to go, and Marty Janetti just walked by me. Well, I I say walked. It was more like hobbled, to be honest. But but still, still, I mean, it was Marty Janetti, for God's sake, in the flesh, just a few feet away from me. And when you bought a ticket to the U.S. versus the World show, you got to go into the convention for free. And me and a few other people, we did uh, poke our heads into the convention, just for a few minutes, just to look around. And Greg Valentine is over here. MVP and Chris Masters are over there. There's Johnny Impact and Ty Valkyrie. There's the one-man gang. There's Billy Gunn. It's quite an experience, that's for sure. But anyway, anyway, U.S. versus the world. It's me, Rich, both Sean's, both Joe's. John Carroll is there as well. And I got to meet some more cool people there, uh, like John Pollock from Post Wrestling, Cubs fan, Tom Batista from the Military Industrial Suplex podcast, former guest of the show, Iron Mike Spears, another former guest, and the show itself was pretty good. A lot of solid wrestling matches on there. Uh, nothing super spectacular, but I will note that there was a Rascals versus Team Australia match that got pretty nutty there. Uh, Black Taurus versus Darby Allen was a fun little big man versus small man match. And plus, I got to see some really cool wrestlers for the first time. Masato Tanaka, a legend. Puma King, jumps off the page. Teddy Hart, who is Teddy Hart. And I gotta say, him and Davey Boy Smith Jr., they had a not-so-great match with LAX. Not very good. But I really dug their entrance music, which is Three Kings by Syndicate Sound Labs.
And speaking of music, I also got to hear live the theme song of Jiro Ikemen Kuroshio, which is Hello by Masaharu Fukuyama. You know, what's Jiro's entrance going to be like? Because if you've never seen Jiro, he does this entrance that goes like three or four minutes because he takes so long getting into the ring. He's running around and greeting fans and jumping in and out of the ropes and going from one apron to the next by hopping over the turnbuckles. It's a whole big to-do. And on this show, I gotta say... Jiro got a respectable amount of time for his entrance. I was very impressed. And then afterwards, he and Rich Swan had a, a fun little match together. So I was very happy to see Jiro Ikemen on this uh, show here. Also, I have to say that uh, Sammy Guevara came out for his match with Puma King. And I was listening to the song, and I was thinking, this is a pretty damn good entrance theme. What is this? I shazammed it on my phone, and it came up as... I Am Jesus by Infant Sorrow. I am Jesus, welcome to the church of me. Infant Sorrow, hmm, I don't think I've ever heard of that band. I looked them up later. Infant Sorrow is the band that Russell Brand's character Aldous Snow is part of in the movie Get Him to the Greek. And Sammy also used another Infant Sorrow song, Furry Walls, in the Crash promotion. So I gotta give props to Sammy G for thinking outside the box when it comes to entrance themes. But uh, anyway, anyway, the U.S. versus the World show ended, and a bunch of us decided to leave the hotel and, and get some lunch. So we're walking out the front door, and I'm walking next to Rich and Sean Sedor, and I see in front of us 
there's this guy walking into the hotel, this uh, Japanese guy. And I see his face, and in a dual moment of excitement and panic, I sort of half blurt out, half whisper to Sean and Rich, Shibata! It's Katsuyori fucking Shibata, who was there because his American Young Alliance were going to be on the Rev Pro show later that day. Immediately, I am just giddy with excitement. But I kept it in. I kept it in. And Shibata, he walked up to us. I shook his hand. And I said, hello. Very nice to meet you. I'm a big fan. He said, thank you. He shook Sean's hand. He shook Rich's hand. And then the two parties went their separate ways. And all I could think about was, holy fucking shit, I just shook Katsuyori Shibata's hand. And that is a moment that will stay with me for a very long time. And it's a moment that just made me so happy that I decided to go to WrestleMania weekend. Incredible. Incredible. So after lunch, we went back to the Hilton for RevPro. And uh, RevPro was packed. A lot of people were at that show, which was impressive considering it was going on at the same time as the WWN Super Show and the Stardom Show. But uh, yeah, a, a very nice turnout for RevPro. And I met some more people there, uh, including one Damon McDonald from the Super J cast, former guest of the show. And I also met Ricardo Gallegos from VOW, who uh, curated the massive... WrestleMania weekend preview webpage where all the lineups and links uh, were for the shows of the weekend. And uh, Ricardo and Damon, both just very nice guys and great to meet them and talk to them at the show. And as far as the actual RevPro show goes, a lot of fun. Saw some good matches. The opening match, which was CCK, Chris Brooks and Jonathan Gresham versus the Young Lions, Clark Connors and Carl Fredericks, that was a real hot opener. Check that one out. Also, I got to see my main man, Tomohiro Ishii, Big Tom Ish, in a singles match against David Starr, which was also a lot of fun. But the biggest match of the show, bar none, was the match that went on before intermission. Hiroshi Tanahashi and Will Ospreay versus Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. And holy jumping fucking Jesus... Were these four men gods in that building? Holy shit, were they over like hotcakes. Elvis Presley, David Bowie, and the Beatles could have walked through those doors and they still would not have gotten as loud a reaction as any of those four guys did. I mean, Osprey's music hit. <laughs> Huge pop. Tanahashi's music hit. Huge pop. Saber's music hit. Huge pop. Suzuki's music hit. 
mega uber pop. I mean, the crowd just went bananas, especially me, because being able to scream Kaze Ninare live, it's an experience that every wrestling fan should try to have at least once in their lives. It's so much fun. And that energy and that aura carried all the way through the match because they had the crowd in the palm of their hands, especially Suzuki, who is just so beloved by that crowd. Now, the main event of the show was Aussie Open versus Rapungi 3K, and I kind of felt bad for the guys because the match that everybody wanted to see, which was, of course, Tanahashi and Osprey versus Suzuki-Goon, that happened, as I said, before intermission. And then after intermission, most of the fans were still there, but as the rest of the show went on, you could see people start to leave. Presumably because TakeOver was in a few hours. And listen, I understood why people left early. I mean, TakeOver was in a different borough than RevPro. You've got concerns about you know, traffic and train delays and getting into the building on time with security and whatnot. So I, I totally get why people left early. Me, personally, I stayed until the very end because I would have felt a little bit guilty walking out during a match. Uh, I supposed I was self-conscious that Sho would see me leaving and shake his head in disapproval. So I stayed until the end. And then afterwards, I left the Russicon Hotel, got on the B train to Brooklyn, and I got to the Barclays Center for NXT TakeOver New York. And wouldn't you know it, folks, wouldn't you know it, I got there with plenty of time to spare. So the good Lord giveth takeover, and the good Lord taketh away evolve. No biggie. Okay, takeover. I mentioned on the last episode that I had bought a nosebleed ticket for the show, and boy oh boy was I right about that, because my seat was quite high up in the rafters of the Barclays Center. And listen, I'm not someone who gets vertigo or has a fear of heights. That's not me. I'm, I'm fine. It's just that the seat was so far away, <laughs> and it was it was a lot further away from the ring than any of the other shows that I attended that weekend. You know, I, I went from sitting just a couple feet away from Minoru Suzuki and Hiroshi Tanahashi to now wondering, hmm, is that small dot Walter or Bianca Belair? Okay, I'm, I'm being a bit facetious there, I apologize. But really, all jokes aside, I mean, this TakeOver show was just tremendous. My second favorite of the weekend, with five matches ranging from pretty good to favorite match of the weekend, which was Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship. That match was superb, because at the start, the crowd was very much an Adam Cole crowd. There were plenty of Gargano fans in the building, don't get me wrong, but when they chanted Adam Cole Bebe, it was like the building was going to collapse. But as the match went on, and it got towards the end, and Gargano kept kicking out, and kicking out, and kicking out, you could hear the fans just get louder and louder and louder, cheering more and more for Gargano. I was living and dying with every near fall. I was on the edge of my seat, which was pretty dangerous that high up, you know? And then Gargano put Cole in the Gargano escape, 
and Cole tapped out, and they played Gargano's music. just an explosion of euphoria in that building because Johnny Gargano had finally won the NXT title. Just an incredible match and really the cherry on top of what was already a fantastic show. You had Ricochet and Aleister Black versus War Raiders to kick things off. That was great. Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle was also really good. Walter versus Pete Dunne was a bit disappointing because I think a lot of us built that matchup so high in our heads that it couldn't reach our lofty expectations, but still, good match. And then, of course, you had the women's four-way, which was Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Zane versus Io Shirai versus Bianca Belair, and that was a fun little scramble. So I'd say, as far as the in-ring goes, TakeOver was the best show of the weekend, but overall, overall, I would still put DDT as the number one show, with TakeOver as a solid number two. So after TakeOver, I went outside and I saw Damon again, because he was at the show. And I also saw Mr. Joel Abraham, Damon's podcast partner, who I met for the first time there. And we talked a little bit about the show, and then went our separate ways, because... I had to get back to the Airbnb, but that was okay. That was okay because Damon, Joel, and I would be seeing a lot more of each other on Saturday. But that's a story for another time, which would be right now, actually. Saturday, day three, and this was a much different day than the previous two because I only had one wrestling show to attend, which was, of course, the big New Japan slash ROH G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden. But before that whole shebangabang went down, I spent a good portion of the day with Damon, Joel, John Carroll, and John's lovely girlfriend, Nicole, at karaoke 
We went to this karaoke place and had a room all to ourselves for four hours. Four hours. And let me tell you, folks, for those four hours, the drinks were a-flowing, the music was a-playing, the songs were a-singing, and a good time was had by all. I tell you, your old buddy Andrew, he ain't that bad with the microphone. I, I, I don't consider myself to be a good singer by any stretch, but with the right song, I can melt some hearts. And on that day, I was busting out some number one hit tunes. I'm talking Humility by Gorillaz. Talking the Invisible Man by Queen. I'm the Invisible Man. I'm the Invisible Man. Incredible how you can see right through me. Talking Digging Your Scene by the Blow Monkeys. Talking Wordy Rapping Hood by Tom Tom Club.
among a host of other classic hits. Now, Damon, he was singing his Duran Duran, his Depeche Mode, his Blur, his Oasis, naturally. Joel was belting out Goldfinger and You'll Never Walk Alone, which was incredible. But all that pales in comparison to the realest motherfucker in the room, Mr. John Carroll, who at one point sang Big Pimpin' by Jay-Z. And let me tell you, you haven't lived until you've heard John Carroll sing Big Pimpin' by Jay-Z. Damon's mouth was agape the entire time. It was quite the sight. It was quite the sight and quite the sound as well. But anyway, anyway, karaoke ended and we split up. Uh, Joel and Damon went their own way. Me, John, and Nicole went to go get dinner at a delicious Japanese restaurant called No No No. And then we headed over to the mecca of pro wrestling, Madison Square Garden for the G1 Supercard. And I can't lie, guys. I can't lie. I was so pumped to be in that building because A, it's Madison Square Garden. It's a legendary place that has been synonymous with wrestling for decades upon decades. And B, I mean, I was going to watch a New Japan show in Madison Square Garden. I was going to see Kazuchika Okada walk down that ramp. I was going to see Hiroshi Tanahashi walk down that ramp. And Tetsuya Naito and Kota Ibushi and Jushin Thunder Liger, and Zack Sabre Jr., and Will Ospreay, and Jay White, and Minoru Suzuki, and Tomohiro Ishii, and all these other New Japan wrestlers that I loved were going to wrestle in Madison Square Garden. And yeah, Ring of Honor would be there too. But more importantly, more importantly, New Japan was going to make its mark in the world's most famous arena. And make their mark they did, because I had just a ton of fun watching New Japan do its thing in MSG. I got to my seat just in time for the Honor Rumble and just in time to see Minoru Suzuki make his entrance and to hear Kaze Ninare in Madison Square Garden was exhilarating. Suzuki just got a massive pop. Liger got a massive pop. Pretty much any of the New Japan guys in the Rumble got a massive pop. Shingo, Goto, Ishii, Rapungi 3K, Taguchi, Yano, Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens even. And then Great Muda came in at number 30. And the place just went fucking bonkers because it's the Great Muda facing off against Jushin Thunder Liger in MSG. Holy fucking shit. Will Ospreay versus Jeff Cobb. Awesome opener. Dragon Lee versus Bandito versus Taiji Ishimori. Crazy as fuck sprint. Tanahashi versus Saber. Pretty good with an asterisk, which we'll get to in a second. Ibushi versus Naito. Mama Mia did these fuckers deliver and then some. My second favorite match of the weekend, and the crowd was going bananas for it. Just two guys killing each other for our enjoyment. How can you not love that? And then you had the main event of Kazuchika Okada versus Jay White 
for the IWGP Heavyweight title. And I hate to sound like a broken record here, but hearing the coin drop. The music playing for Okada in MSG was exhilarating. And he got a massive reaction to one of the biggest pops of the night. And I thought that he and Jay had a really great match together. I know, I know some people were not big fans of it, which is fine, which is fine. But I really dug it. And having Okada hit the Rainmaker and win back his title was the right call to make and the perfect way to end that show on a high note. And then Ring of Honor was there too. Now look, look, I'm not going to totally shit on Ring of Honor here, right? Because I did not hate everything that they did. The three-way ladder match for the ROH title between Jay Lethal, Matt Taven, and Marty Skrull was a perfectly good ladder match. Way too long though for my tastes. And I think too that the wrong guy won. I think Marty Skrull should have won the belt that night, not Taven. The six-man tag street fight, Bully Ray, Silas Young, and Shane Taylor versus Juice Robinson, Mark Haskins, and Flip Gordon. It was an okay plunder match, some brutal-looking spots in it, but I just didn't really care for it all that much. It it was just fine. It was whatever. The four-way tag for both the IWGP and ROH tag belts, it was also a perfectly good match, but also hard to focus on at times because... The action was all over the place. Honestly, my favorite ROH match of the night was Roosh versus Dalton Castle, which went a total of like 15 seconds. And I loved it because it was so simple. It made Roosh look like a total badass for beating Dalton so quickly, and it gave Dalton a fresh coat of paint because he turned heel on the boys. It was so simple and so smart that I enjoyed it immensely, despite how short the whole thing was. And let me stress this as well. This crowd was hot pretty much the entire show. This was not a crowd that was hot for New Japan and not hot for Ring of Honor. This crowd was pretty much energetic, as lively as all hell, practically the entire show. Now, having said that, there were a couple things here that I actively hated. First of all, the Women of Honor match between Mayo Iwatani and Kelly Klein. Awful match. Just the worst match I saw of the weekend, bar none. I mean, Mayu is a fantastic wrestler. Don't get me wrong. But even she is not good enough to drag the truly dreadful Kelly Klein to even a halfway decent match. And then you had the beautiful people, sorry, sorry, the allure, come out afterwards to set up an angle and feud with Kelly Klein. Remember when I said that the crowd was hot pretty much the entire show? They were not hot for this match or this angle. I saw people getting up to leave. I saw people watching basketball on their phones. This was 
no bueno. And speaking of no bueno, <sighs> Enzo Amore and Big Cass. Sorry, sorry, Enzo and Kaz XL. This was fucking bullshit. Enzo Amore is a locker room cancer. He's a bullshit artist. He's a terrible wrestler and a pretty terrible human being as well. And I had hoped, I had hoped that when he got fired from WWE that I would never have to see him in the context of a wrestling show as long as I lived. Unfortunately, that did not turn out to be the case. Because I was there in MSG watching Enzo and Cass do a worked shoot angle with the Briscoes and Bully Ray, which was a very obvious worked shoot angle, by the way, because security was nowhere to be found. If that was real, security would have been on them, lickety split, had them in handcuffs, and arrested. And I was sitting there in my seat, rolling my eyes, shaking my head, and cursing the name Ring of Honor. Because this was not some random Ring of Honor show like, I don't know, Best in the World or Death Before Dishonor in somewhere like Samstown in Vegas. This was the G1 Supercard in Madison Square Garden. This was the biggest Ring of Honor show ever. New Japan Pro Wrestling was on the marquee. This was a co-promoted show. And the higher-ups at ROH decided to use the biggest platform of the company's entire history to have Enzo Amore and Big Cass show up to cause a little ruckus without telling New Japan it was going to happen. And the biggest sin of all, the biggest sin of all, was that this fucking shit happened right before Tanahashi versus Sabre. They did not even have the decency to schedule this thing to happen before, I don't know, Mayu versus Kelly Klein, or after the Bully Ray six-man street fight. This thing happened before Tanahashi versus Sabre. And the match was pretty good, but the crowd was so worked up and so focused on Enzo and Cass that it almost overshadowed the match completely. They got their focus back towards the end, but the atmosphere of that match was ruined by the shenanigans that came before it. It was Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. in a big-time singles title match in Madison Square Garden. Fuck you. Whew, all right. <laughs> after the show, after the show, uh, a bunch of us went to a nearby bar to talk about uh, the event, uh, what we liked, what we didn't like. We were pretty much all in consensus on what was good and what was bad, I think. And uh, yeah, that was where I said my goodbyes to a lot of the folks I met that weekend. Uh, Rich, the two Shans, Joe Gagne, Joel, Damon, Ricardo, Cubs fan, Taylor. Dylan Justin was there as well. It was a really nice way to cap off the weekend, being able to hang out with people that I loved, shake some more hands, drink some more drinks, and put a bow 
on what was just a fantastic trip. And yeah, that was my WrestleMania weekend. Uh, the next morning, I woke up, went to Penn Station, got on the train, and I came home to Boston. And that night, I watched WrestleMania, which was not the best idea in hindsight because I was super tired, and the show was like eight hours long. But once again, I powered through it. I powered through it. I watched the whole thing. And I loved, loved, loved the Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston match a ton. And I was so happy that Kofi won. And all in all, I wouldn't call it a good show per se. There were a lot of lulls, but it was not as awful as recent years, which I think in this day and age is as good as you can hope for when it comes to an eight-hour WrestleMania. And that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening. I I do want to give a quick plug uh, to John Carroll's podcast, Wrestling Omakaze. I was on that show last week talking mainly about the G1 Supercard, but also a little bit about WrestleMania as well. So if you want to hear a much more formal and proper review of the Supercard show, check out that podcast right there. Of course, that podcast and this podcast are both part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can find other great wrestling podcasts on there at VoicesOfWrestling.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at MusicOfTheMat. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. You can find the YouTube playlist for this and all past episodes at the VOW forums. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash forum. And of course, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. So, for everyone I met during WrestleMania weekend, it was an absolute blast meeting you, and I can't wait to do it again sometime. I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? 
Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.